This is episode 60. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. Today's episode is a Q&A with me because people have questions and a girl's got answers. The first question I'm going to respond to was sent through my website recently asking where the heck I was. Well, my last episode was published in mid-September. That was not an intentional decision to take four months off and I'm not going to use the excuse that I've been so busy, but I do tend to get bombarded with everything happening at once, and I'm very good at taking breaks when I need them. I do not subscribe to hustle culture. I love a lot of things about Rachel Hollis, but her constant message of go, 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 go gives me anxiety. I can work hard when it's time to work hard, but I can also relax pretty hard too. This past fall, just to give you an idea, I had two family members in the hospital at the same time. We had a very busy transition time at my full-time job, and my partner and I made the decision to move. Now, I don't think I shut down and hibernated, but I did take a few things off my plate to make room for family, rest, and self-care. I also wasn't feeling incredibly inspired at the time, and I never want to just push out content just for the sake of having something to publish. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about my upcoming project yet, but I also had a pretty big deadline that was set for the end of November. So that was my focus along with all the other stuff going on. Now, when the holidays arrived, I also got sick uh, over New Year's. I had a lot of handmade projects um, that I wanted to make for gifts. So I'm finally publishing an episode in mid to late January, but I think it's better late than never. Now, my first topic, one that I do get asked about often, is shift work. How do I balance getting enough sleep when I have to work night shifts? This is a tough topic for me because I hate that there are people who have to live with constant sleep deprivation to keep their jobs or to work in their jobs. I worked a total of three night shifts when I was in college, and I was a disaster. I heard an interview with a sleep doctor who sends shift workers home with very dark blue blocker glasses, and the idea is so the sunlight and the artificial light doesn't signal to their brain that it's daylight until they get home to their pitch black bedrooms. I do think a sleep doctor would have more ideas about this and other ways to deal with shift work, because it really is out of my scope of expertise. (laughs) What I do know is you can't catch up on missed sleep. You can come home after a night shift exhausted and sleep until you can properly function, but it doesn't replace a healthy night of sleep. The sleep that you get during the day is not the same as the sleep that you get at night. It's the way our bodies were designed to rest when the sun goes down and to wake when the sun comes up. 
our hormones function in a way that supports this natural nighttime sleep cycle. Making your bedroom as dark and quiet as possible would be my suggestion. Blackout curtains, earplugs, white noise. You should not be able to tell that there's daylight outside of your bedroom during the day. In general, my probably disappointing opinion on shift work is if you choose a profession that promotes changing your sleep patterns and your habits and you love it and it's your calling, God bless you. Or maybe it's really good money and you can't give that up. I get it. But I think that's the trade-off. You are exchanging healthy sleep for a career that you love or that pays you well. And that's not meant to sound judgmental because a lot of us have to give up certain things that we know are good for us to have things that bring us joy or that work into our lifestyle. And so many shift workers are in life-changing positions. Unfortunately, from what I know about sleep and our bodies, there's no cure for shift work. There's no perfect solution for a missed night's sleep. I have heard from other shift workers that you eventually get used to it, but I think you also need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and your health in other ways. My next question is from an Instagram message that I received. I think it would be great to learn about ways to find rest and calm throughout the day outside of nighttime sleep and naps, especially because I know I often have a hectic schedule and so do many others. Here's what I have to say about that. I'm a big fan of little pleasant breaks throughout the day. Finding moments when I can pause, be alone, or go inward. I guess it really is a matter of little moments of self-care pauses during my regular routine. Here are some of the ways that I practice this. I'll arrive 10 to 15 minutes earlier than everyone else so that I can sit and enjoy a moment of quiet before the busyness of the day. I carry headphones in my purse so I can listen to music or an audiobook when I'm in a hectic public place. If I'm sitting in a busy waiting room or I'm packed into a small space with strangers, like a train, not necessarily a closet, I find it soothing to go inward and listen to something enjoyable. Some days I stop for my favorite latte on the way to my next appointment. I drink it slowly and I make yummy noises. To myself, obviously. I carry my current crochet project in my car so I can fit in some craft time whenever I get a chance. The same could be done with a book. When you have a few moments of quiet throughout your day, take those moments to read instead of mindlessly scrolling through your phone. Another one is I only drink tea and coffee from one of my favorite mugs. It's like a treat for me. I stop and I breathe and tell myself to slow down, especially in traffic or in line at the grocery store or at Walmart. It's okay to be still for a few minutes while you wait for someone else. It really is about paying attention to the little things and finding moments whenever you can get them. Okay, I recently had a message on Facebook asking which essential oil company I personally use and which I think is the best. Now, you might find this a little controversial, but let's go. 
I do not believe that there is only one good, pure essential oil company out there. I personally have oils from doTERRA, Young Living, Plant Therapy, Vitruvi, Eden's Garden, Rocky Mountain Oils, and a few names I can't pronounce. Yes, it's important to buy and use only pure essential oils. And yes, you get what you pay for. So cheap oils are most likely too good to be true. But do your own research before you believe everything you hear or read. Of course, someone who works for an oil company is going to believe their product is the best. They wouldn't work there if they didn't. But do your own research. And make sure it's third-party research, not an article written by someone who's compensated by that company. Every essential oil company claims to be organic and pure, but essential oils aren't regulated. And anyone can say anything. Pure can mean whatever a company wants you to think it means. This might get me in trouble, (laughs) but I'm going to say it anyway because it's my effing podcast. To date, I have not found any evidence to suggest that only the MLM companies, doTERRA and Young Living, are the best, safest, and purest oils on the market. I can find articles written by those companies and posts from bloggers who sell those oils and promote them as the best. But most expensive does not necessarily mean the best, and safe to ingest doesn't either. I can't talk about essential oils without saying how I feel about ingesting oils. Aromatherapists are trained, licensed, and certified in essential oils, but they're not legally allowed to suggest taking them internally. That says a lot to me. That means there is a risk, even if it's small, and if you ingest essential oils, no matter who tells you it's safe, you do so at your own risk. You'll find people on the it's completely safe side of the fence, and people on the oh my god, you're destroying your liver side of the fence. There are many reported cases of adults and children being poisoned by ingesting essential oils. Most of the oils that we diffuse from, you know, these amazing companies are poisonous if taken internally. So being pure and organic and natural doesn't always mean go ahead and pour it into your soup. I also want to tell you that oil and water don't mix. We learn that in science class at a very young age. So if you're putting a drop of oil in your teacup or your water bottle, the oil is not mixing properly into the water. So in one sip, you could be drinking a full drop of essential oil. To give you an idea, one drop of peppermint essential oil is the equivalent of 28 cups of peppermint tea. Nobody needs that much peppermint in one sitting. How about just having one or two cups of peppermint tea instead? Essential oils are very potent, and if they should be diluted before applying to your skin, they shouldn't be dropped into your mouth where the skin and tissue are even more sensitive without taking precautions. Please do your research and be safe. End of rant. (laughs) 
I think I've pissed off enough people for one episode. So we're going to move on. If you're looking for something calming to listen to while you fall asleep tonight, I have a five-minute relaxing in-bed meditation that you can download. Go to my website, sleepcoachbeth.com. Well, until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And thank you for your patience. And to my mom, who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Sorry for the wait, and good night, mama. <laughs>